Hey, what's up, buttheads? Welcome back to No Ifs and or Butts. I'm still going to stick with that nickname. I still like it. I've, I forgot about it again. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you're watching the show, if you're on the show, you're a butthead. No ifs and or buttheads or guests, butts. whatever. <laughs> We're here to talk about episode seven of Andor announcement, uh, which it, it feels like it's hard to talk about that episode title without... It's sounding like we have something big to say. Yeah. Um, I don't. I have nothing important to say except that I have I like an announcement. This episode. You do. Oh, you stole it. I was going to say I liked this episode. <laughs> Sorry. We, we should plan our jokes beforehand. Well, today our guest is our friend, uh, TikTok star Sawyerism. Welcome to the show, Sawyer. Hello. <laughs> well, honored to be a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've seen you since uh, June and GCX. So how have you been? I'm okay. I've I've been kind of off the face of the earth for a little bit, but I took after that after that conference. I was I think I took 16 flights this summer. Oh so <laughs> wow. I've been all over the map. Um, so yeah, I was busy with my internship, but now I'm back to Star Wars. So next. Nice. Well, this is like a, a grand reintroduction i guess just make you sit through all of andor make you sit through andor and uh, talk about it <laughs> i couldn't be happier to do this well how have you liked the series as a whole so far i i you know i was it was kind of weird having to for for everyone watching i literally except for the first episode watched all of this last night because i have been on vacation so um i had been hearing for weeks all of these different things and kind of got the consensus that everybody really likes this show which was a good thing to know going in and I also heard that it was really unique um so it was kind of interesting to have already heard all of these different opinions before I sat down to watch it um but I I really enjoy it I think um the soundtrack is incredible I really like um, you know, I think everybody was, we, we usually get less episodes. We get 12 episodes. We already knowing we're getting a, lots of seasons of this show. And when I was sitting there watching it last night, it feels like a long form TV show. It's just in the Star Wars universe. And I, I just think that I love it. It's so different and I'm having a really good time watching it. Awesome. Well, uh, let's get into episode seven specifically. Uh, Molly, since I stole your joke earlier, would would you like to start with how you're feeling <laughs> about this episode? Can't believe you, honestly. Um, <laughs> I liked this episode a lot. It's I said uh, on Twitter earlier. It was very dialogue heavy. Like I feel like maybe our reaction was boring for this one because I feel like we were we were just like staring at the TV screen, just like listening very intently because we got a lot kind of dropped on us, but it's still setting up a lot of stuff. And so there was, it wasn't as action heavy as the last one, but I don't know. Like I, I loved the like monologues between Marva and Mon Mothma. Like they had some awesome lines in this one. And uh, it's interesting seeing Cassian deal with the repercussions of the heist that he was a part of. Yeah, uh, and, and I think this is an interesting question to throw to Sawyer because uh, you, you just kind of binged everything. And, and it has an interesting format where not every episode has a lot of action. So far, it's been kind of every three episodes. 
Uh, how have you found that? And what was it like watching this episode that, yeah, didn't really have much at all in the way of action? Yeah, so I have, um, I've heard, you know, some of the people I've had conversations with about the show have been, have discussed that the action is very uh, meticulously placed and it's not the forefront of the show like it would be in Mandalorian or something. Um, but I... I would say it took a little while to get used to, but the more I sat and watched, the more I really appreciated the world building they were doing. And I love stories where we see how the empire has affected these normal everyday people. And uh, I, one of the, like the first thought that came to mind last night after I got a few episodes in was I would love like a book of like, um, uh, why can't I think of the Is name it, of uh, the book? Oh, a certain point of view. I would like an, oh. a certain point of view of people um, that live in this, not just this time period, but just the characters that we have met. Because, you know, there there's a lot of them. There's a lot of new characters and they each play their own special role. But it's not really, right? It's like their everyday life. And I just, I've really enjoyed seeing that side of Star Wars. Um, and... Honestly, especially doing the binge format, the act, the like action, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of it, but it's, I think it's really evenly paced. It's really refreshing. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Like the idea of like the certain point of view stuff, because I think the show does a really good job of giving a lot of characters depth without having them say that much. Like, when we first got to see the people of Ferrix, like you got a really good sense of what their day-to-day -day lives were like mm -hmm. without, you know, hearing from a lot of them, which I thought was cool. That's a great point. I mean, the time grappler has yet to say an actual word, but uh, he's beloved by all. So hammers. <laughs> they, they do a great job of show don't tell in this series with every single character. Um, I think that of the, episodes that haven't been action heavy this might have been my favorite one because i've been uh hungry for more mon mothma scenes like sh she's been kind of scattered throughout episodes four five and six and then this one we got like a six minute scene of her talking to to her old childhood friend that yeah felt tense uh was really interesting to watch the the way i've described it is even though there's not a lot of action, I've never once been bored watching this show. It's very drama heavy still. And I, I love that. And I also think um, this is the type of, like, even though it is a lot of dialogue, you will miss something so important if you look away for two seconds. And I think that is what makes it so engaging without the action. Because there were a couple of times where I just, like, check my phone real quick. And then I would hear a word and be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. that was really important. <laughs> that's so why that's I was like, uh, should I not talk too much in, in our reaction that we filmed earlier? Because I felt like there was no room for me to talk because I was listening so in intently. Mm -hmm. That and we have the subtitles on and everything, like, <laughs> because we just, we can't keep up anymore. We got to read it and listen to it. Um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I missed the first time watching this. I'm glad I got to watch it a second time before this. I haven't had a chance to watch it a second time, but Molly was telling me like like lots of little details she picked up. Uh, we keep forgetting to do our pictures early on, so I'm going to go ahead and... Because the, the subtitles gave something away, so I'll, I'll go ahead and do my picture first. But one of my biggest reactions was near the start, 
because a character was speaking and it said in the subtitles who that character was. And I jumped and I reacted to it. So uh, this is the picture I drew for episode seven, uh, the return of Wolfie Lauren. I'm (laughs) such a minor, minor character from 1977 that just gets to be more and more prominent. So happy to have him back. Uh, anyone with a mustache uh, how is does, welcome in my book. I'm just curious. How does your Lauren's mustache compare to Biggs's? Is it like a whole other league? Because it's like kind of more stylized and white. Uh, no, it, it does not compare to Biggs's mustache because Wolfie Lauren, as we definitely found out today, he has a fascist mustache. Uh, that That's something that I... I don't know. I, we talked about this in our Q&A a couple weeks ago that I, I feel like I've held Yalaran up on a pedestal of he's a man with honor because we knew him during the Republic. But uh, I was disappointed in you, Wolf Yalaran, to see how far you've fallen, that he was very much like, nope, we're going to cl- clinch our fist on the galaxy and uh, hit him back as hard as we can. So I, I loved seeing him again. I was uh, disappointed in him like a like a disappointed mother. Come on, Wolf, you're better than this. I, I mean, we talked about him maybe showing up weeks and weeks ago, and I was like, eh, maybe, you know, he might be too high up of a rank to be dealing with these people specifically at the ISB, but I like that something like what happened in the last episode brought him there and was like, okay, look, we got to do something about this. Well, they've done a really, really good job at building up the Empire, uh, which the Empire can be treated like bumbling buffoons sometimes. It just happens. And a lot of that happens in like Star Wars Rebels, where it makes sense. Um, But, you know, we've made jokes about how stormtroopers can't hit anything and TIE fighters are a dime a dozen and this and that. But they keep progressing us through the Empire as as Cassian gets more and more involved in the empire. And so bringing you Lauren in at this point for people who know who he is, makes it seem like, Oh, uh, they're really getting into some trouble. And even if you don't know who he is, it's like even major part in that scene is kind of not looking him in the eye and he's name dropping Palpatine. Like it's nothing. So, uh, oh, yeah. I, I really liked the way they used him. I loved that. The name drop of Palpatine. Cause it not to skip, to the very end, but at the very end, you know, the, the lady that is sentencing everyone's prison thing, she's like, take it up with the emperor. Like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's my drawing. So I'll, I'll open up the floor to someone else's favorite scene. Um, I'll do mine. I literally drew this like third, 14 minutes ago. Oh yeah. I kind of <laughs> forgot completely and i uh, had to message sawyer at like 5 45 be like oh yeah we have we do this thing uh so uh, we all just scrambled to finish our pictures our homework and time but <laughs> we got it done so i did this new beach florida planet thing uh because one the music was fantastic whenever we went there and i had two i just like the whole like boardwalk thing in Star Wars. I, I got really excited. I don't know how to say the planet name. Niamos? 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 I, I've been enjoying everyone calling it Space Florida, Planet Florida. I saw someone call it Tampa <laughs> 4. 
Uh, I thought that was very funny. So yeah, I hope we go back to Space Florida. I got really excited to see something new and different and hear some different music. That music was excellent. And I it feel was. like it would go right along in a playlist with Scarif Beach Party, the new Weird Al song that came out with the Lego holiday <laughs> special, the yeah. summer vacation special. Like, yeah, I, I really liked that music. It felt so different and unique. Yeah, there have been a couple points in this series where the music has been unlike anything we've heard. And um, I, since I watched it all, I can't remember... Maybe I think it was the music that played as the outro in episode two that I really liked. Mm. Um, and they're, they're just unique sounds, but it, you know, I, I, at first, if, if you just played me that track, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like Star Wars. But it fit. I don't know. It fits. And the, that that outro music for this episode definitely felt like Space Florida. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it sounds futuristic, but it also sounds tropical. Mm -hmm. I I thought for a second that we were going to Scarif and I was like, what is this music? But then it, it like panned up and I was, you saw all those buildings and I was like, okay, this is just, yeah, space casinos and stuff on the beach or whatever. I've seen a lot of people compare it to Miami Vice. <laughs> I like that. Never really watched Miami Vice, so I, I can't speak to that. But <laughs> I, I thought that whole intro to that planet was super fun. Uh, Sawyer, what was your favorite episode or moment from, or so, moment from this episode? <laughs> so, um, I, it's not, it, this is not a cute drawing, but it's definitely not as good as Molly's. I drew <laughs> Mothma talking to her friend <laughs> and all nice. these people. I don't care <laughs> that, sorry, they're stick figures. I'm not an artist. That's um, okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I drew that scene because... You already brought it up, Alex, but I, I just, Mothma's a powerhouse. Uh, we already knew that, but uh, just to watch her every single scene she steals and this long, you know, we're already, we're, we're, we know about this party. We already know it's going to be very tense, but we didn't know that her friend was going to be there. She's going to be doing all this like scheming right in front of her husband, who is bad news. So, um, just, I don't know, everything about that scene and the way she navigated the different obstacles between her daughter interrupting them and, you know, just I, her, like, casually being like, okay, smile now. Like, I, ugh, I everything about that scene was just perfect. Agreed. But I was going to bring up the smile command mm -hmm. again because she kept telling him and everything that she would drop on him, she's like, like parents coming over and she's like, don't tell him. He has no idea. And he's like, what? And she's like, smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I or also thought it, it was like a great way because she kind of just like dumped all that stuff on him kind of quickly. Like she's like, look, you don't know me. And then at the very end, she says smile, which is like classically something men say to women. Oh, you should smile <laughs> more. And it like takes him so off guard, but he just does it. And I was like, yes. I, I really liked him. Uh, I, I like them kind of kind of hesitantly figuring out where each other stood politically. And he was just like, is this a political favor? And she said, yes. And he was straight up just like, you probably shouldn't ask me because I'm like, I, I don't agree with the Empire. And then her dropping that line at the end of like, you might find my politics to be a little extreme, repeating that line that he said 
just to let him know they were on the same page. Like, I don't know that, that this is the kind of scene I wanted from this series is trying to communicate without straight up saying things because you can't. And six minutes of that straight was so much fun. Yeah. I think this is maybe my favorite Mon Mothma moment so far that we've seen from her. So very exciting. Well, she, up until this point, feels like she is always uh, kind of on the back foot. Like, she has to deal with Perrin. She has to deal with Lita. And and she was surprised by what Luthen did in this episode. So it was really fun to see her be the one taking charge, telling him what to do. M maybe because of what Luthen did, she feels like I, he can't be in charge of whatever this rebellion is going to be. So maybe she's trying to step up a little bit and, and take some more control. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Luthen scene was was really good too, because I don't know, he came off way more extreme in this episode than I figured that he was gonna be like, and I kind of loved that. And I loved that he was saying all that stuff while holding an actual weapon. It just fit, fit really well, but yeah. Mon Mothma was like, uh, shit. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that scene as well. I think j giving him an antiquity shop was such an inspired idea, uh, not just to have all of the little Easter eggs and also artifacts stolen from uh, subjugated planets. But yeah, moments like that where she's like, I'm returning this art piece. And he's like, would you like to try the weapon? <laughs> and mm -hmm. Like, none of that is what they're really talking about, but it also kind of is. It, it just, the show works on so many fun levels like that. Yeah, he said, like, why would you make a weapon and not use it? Or no one ever made a weapon and didn't use it. Such a good line. Which, at this point, I'm kind of figuring he is more in charge of that network and the rebellion, because she was just like, I thought you were building a network. And so I think he is the one kind of trying to organize rebel cells. So I, I think we're going to see a story where Mon Mothma eventually uh, overtakes him as the leader. Like he might be the de facto leader at this point until she <laughs> usurps him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he kept kind of undermining her and like basically implying that she was dragging her feet. Mm -hmm. and stuff and yeah maybe that kicked her into gear and i also i wonder how she would react to knowing like the fine details of the robbery and how you know especially because now uh they're gonna go kill cassian like did first of all does luthan know that second of all how would i i feel like Mon Mothman would have a very strong reaction to knowing some of these like ways that this was handled. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to bring up the Cassian thing, um, but well, let's stay on Mothma and her reaction. Yeah. I don't think she'd be on board. I mean, she, she doesn't want innocence to be hurt. And Molly, you pointed out that Luthen was listening to the radio and it said, I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. He, so he, when he was listening to that 
space police radio, whatever that was that he was listening to. The second time I watched the episode, I realized that they say that they took, what was it, 134 Aldani people into custody. And I was like, oh no, that was like all the people basically that were there in the last episode, they took them all to jail, I assume. And they also, at the beginning, uh, the ISB or Yularen said something about how like we're we're shutting down uh, festivals or rituals, it, basically something to the effect of like no no more of that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you try to steal from us, we're gonna make you regret it. And yeah, I think Luthen is trying to push the Empire to be more and more extreme, so that people will be more and more extreme in return. And yeah, I don't see Mothma being cool with that. Yeah. I, I think that we're going to see that Luthen's methodology is uh, ha has some downfalls. And the, the whole Cassian thing is something I brought up in my review of like, they're just going to get rid of him now, but he is the one or one of the people that steals the Death Star plans like they feel like his purpose has been served, but it hasn't, and they're just going to kill him. But Sawyer, I think you bring up an interesting point that that could be Clea going out. She could be going rogue. I don't know. What What, what do you think? I, it's hard to say. I guess when I first saw that scene, my initial re reaction was, you know, obviously Luthen has to keep his guard up and he has to be very secretive about the things he does, but his conversation with Cassian did feel really genuine when he was taking him to um to Arlani and or is that what the planet's called? Aldani. Aldani. I don't know. There's too many all yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I like that you pulled um, a chiss name out though. I yeah. was like, that's <laughs> a chiss, isn't it? Yeah. It's just Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, um uh it felt genuine, especially when he gave him the Sky Kyber. And so, yeah, my initial reaction was like, did Luthen really ask this to happen? Because I don't, you know, he, he had done all this research about Cassian and he really, truly believed like this was the guy we need to do this. And so maybe, maybe she is going rogue. I don't know. I kind of got that same feeling that like she, she's like way more strict also. And so she heard Luthen talking about, oh, I wasn't careful with him specifically. And so for her to go by herself to Vel, I was like, oh, she might be doing this behind his back. So that didn't even cross my mind. I have a real problem just like taking anything anyone in a story says at face value, which is it's a problem in a spy show because no one's doing that. But she showed up to Val and she was like, yeah, Luthen wants him dead. And I was like, Luthen, no, you. But <laughs> it, it it's very possible that Clea could be doing that off on her own. Because I agree, the whole scene with the kyber crystal and him being like, I want this back, as in, like, we are going to see each other again and you're going to give this to me. That that I agree, that felt genuine, like he wanted Cassian to survive. And he did seemingly do a lot of work and have a lot of interest in getting Cassian. Maybe he just super, super wanted to make sure that heist happened. 
But I, I think that's just one of the uh, benefits of this show is that we don't know what's up with Luthen. <laughs> yeah. He could he, go either way. He seemed to know so much about Cassian to the point where he knew his his father, how he died. And so maybe he just knew Cassian really wants to score big money-wise because he's got Marva to take care of and he's, you know, dealing with his stuff on Ferrix and probably owes people money. So maybe Luthen is just like total total galaxy brain and he's like got it all figured out of like Cassian's the kind of guy that's probably going to do his job, take his cut and no more and like get out of there. So maybe. Yeah. I, I can't tell, but I like that. I can't. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just fun to watch all, all of the spy people doing their spy things. And I wonder that now that clay is given Vel these instructions to like find Cassian and kill them, kill him. I wonder if she ends up helping him escape wherever, whatever prison he is in, in the next episode. Yeah. Or the next I, couple of episodes. I, I don't really see Vel going through with that. I, I don't K see her. Killing him? I mean, trying yeah. to kill him? Yeah, no. I, I don't know. I, I just, after all they went through, Cassian had a chance to, kill her kill everyone and take 80 million credits and he didn't do it so i feel like vel is gonna be cool i hope i just have high hopes for everyone and then they all let me down <laughs> you just think everyone's so pure of heart alex i want to believe the best of everyone I, i'm like nimic uh and one day it'll get me crushed by a ton of money oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's interesting that we're heading into probably a full arc of some sort of prison story, or at least an episode. Um, I, I realized when Molly and I were talking about this episode, like right before we started, that Cassian has talked about his time in prison a lot already when he was a kid. And we saw in those flashbacks him going to attack some clone troopers. So I'm wondering if that is going to be the first time he wound up in prison and maybe we're going to do kind of a flashback, flash forward thing to parallel prison stories at the same time. Thoughts? Yeah, that would be cool. I had trouble with that scene of the, the flashback scene because I told you earlier, like you, you saw him as an adult and then you saw him as a kid, but like they were kind of interchanging him as an adult and a kid and i that confused me for both times that i watched the episode yeah, i was like when I, does I this take place <laughs> i i had the same thoughts as well i figure they're just trying to a make a connection between cassian and the teenage version of him but also show that like this is on adult cassian's mind right now like yeah. he was walking down the street where the clone troopers grabbed his father, shot him, hung him, what, whatever they did. And the, there's still stormtroopers on that street and he's hiding from them. Uh, I think he's just playing all that stuff back in his mind. Mm -hmm. But I like how over this entire episode, we just keep seeing how Cassian's own actions have led to various things. Like his actions le leads to Marva 
being inspired to stay on Ferrix and fight. And his actions lead him to being sentenced to six years instead of six months in prison. So it's like, he, he can't win at this point. He's, <laughs> he's kind of stuck. I loved Marva being like, did you hear what a bunch of heroes did on Aldani? And Cassian just being like, oh, God. Like, yeah. yeah. This whole episode was just about consequences of Aldani for the galaxy. But then, yeah, on the personal level, uh, Cassian. Mm-hmm. And Molly, you brought up, because uh, I, I forgot the first time we watched it, but Marva said, stop looking for your sister. Yeah. Uh, what is Sorry, do you mean? have any thoughts about Cassian's sister? If he's going to give that up or anything? <sighs> No, I don't think he's gonna. I, I feel like any time a show or a movie says that, that's like, okay, we're not done with this, obviously. <laughs> so, um, he's either gonna spend a lot of time in prison thinking about it, or, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of feeling like it's gonna be a chance encounter type situation, um, more than it is gonna be. You know, maybe he does give up and then they encounter each other. Um, but I don't think it's a lost cause. And um, I it'll, it'll definitely come up later. But yeah, I, I see it more as a, you know, right place, right time kind of interaction than him. I, well, I mean, I guess it's hard to say because we don't know how when he's getting out of prison and we don't know what, exactly what's going to happen after that. But it kind of depends on where he's at in his mind. Like maybe by that time he's had a change of heart and he's ready to like do the rebellion thing. And then by chance encounter, he meets his sister. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. That would be interesting if they did kind of just, I keep thinking that maybe it's going to be like in solo when Han and Kira run into each other on Dryden boss's yacht. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, what are you doing here? Something like, that but also the way marva brought this up like stop looking for your sister it's a fantasy blah, blah. i'm like i wonder if she knows where she is or what happened to her and maybe she knows that like that she's dead but she's not telling cassian like the full story and she doesn't want to break his heart because she's kept it from him for this long i i, I fully agree uh, Sawyer that they're they're not going to bring it up in this episode unless they want to just remind you again that that's a mystery hanging out there. I don't think they're done with it. I really like your idea of maybe it happens after he joins the rebellion. I, I like the idea that he gets what he wants because he decided to stand for something instead of just running around and uh, trying to look for her without any leads. I think that's a, an interesting take. Yeah, to see him kind of come around to the idea of fighting with the rebellion, but then have his sister suddenly come into the picture and like change everything for him somehow. And then he'll have to grapple with that. That'd be good too. Yeah, to challenge him and his you know commitment to the cause and everything. Yeah. Like what if she, what if she is working for the ISB? And I, she's like <laughs> she's she's a bad guy. I don't know. Maybe she as she could be an enemy at some point. 
I, I'm really, I think there's still plenty to learn about when it comes to Canari uh, and whatever happened there. Something that Marva said about like there were no survivors, and I'm, I don't know if she meant, and she said, don't blame yourself. You were just a kid. And I don't think Canari was devastated back when Cassian was a child. I don't know. It's hard to piece this whole timeline together. <laughs> so yeah. I do I do hope we get a little more about that. I wonder if Cassian or if if Marva just doesn't want to tell Cassian the whole story because she's afraid that he'll blame her because mm -hmm. she her and Clem just kind of came found Cassian and then took him away without even checking to see if he had more family there, what they were up to, if they were okay. Yeah. I did kind of have that thought, like, but I didn't want to have that thought. Like, I, I, does she know something? Did she do something? Like, I don't want to think that she did something, you know, so selfish so that she could take Cassian for whatever reason. But I did, I did wonder. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I do think she had, like, the best of his best interests at heart. I think she was trying to save his life, but yeah, it was just something that you didn't even think <laughs> to ask him what he wanted. Not that you could, you didn't speak the same language, but mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was just a rough situation all around. And it, it does seem like Cassian super cares for Marva. Uh, he, he cares about Clem and what happened to him. Uh, he cares about B2 emo like everyone else does. So, I, I do think that he doesn't hold any ill will against her. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that could change if we learn more about the story. Yeah. And like she she's just like a kind of protective mother at this point. She's like, I know what you've been through. You deserve some peace. So she she isn't trying to convince him that hard to like stay and fight with her. She's mm -hmm. like, I have nothing else going on for me. Like, I'm old. I don't care anymore. I'm going to use my last time on this earth to, like, fight for the rebellion. You can go take the money. You deserve to live your own life. So I liked that, too, that she she just wants him to be happy. Yeah. I, I like that she, yeah, she kind of forced him. She kidnapped him in a way. She, she changed his... Uh, trajectory in life uh back then and she's like i'm not going to do that again now um since we're we're on the subject and I'll, I'll bring up this super chat thank you one six shooter what if dedra is cassian's sister i no <laughs> i just there's no way she's been spending a lot of money on bleach for her hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh, I think Dedra, I mean, that's, we haven't really talked about uh, her or Cyril yet, but no, I, I don't think that we have seen Cassian's sister at this point in the show. Uh, I saw Cinta being thrown around as a possibility. It's like, uh, this is, it's very Star Wars of the, the Star Wars fan thing to do to try to find out who's related to who. And like Luke and Leia ruined everything. <laughs> back in mm -hmm. 1983 because now everyone thinks everyone else is related but no, i don't think anyone in this show yet has been cassian's sister i would hope cassian would recognize Cinta as his sister but i don't know i guess it's been a while since they've 
seeing each other. I will say, I don't hate this. <laughs> I thought about that too. I also, that's my boyfriend, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, uh, hi, Brian. Um, but uh, I, I was thinking the same thing, actually. Like, if it was going to be anybody that we've seen, it would probably be Clea. That would be I, really interesting. I don't hate that theory, especially because, like, Clea doesn't know who Cassian is, and she just ordered his death. Like, that's very soap opera-y. <laughs> and she's been more of a minor character. Uh, up until this point, I hope that she continues to get into some spotlight as well. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a lot of people yeah, saying that they didn't... Cute. Aww, <laughs> that they didn't recognize her because in her, like going out clothes <laughs> she was in that like red hood and her hair was down and straight but that i think that makes sense because her and luthan have to be these like masters of disguise depending on the situation i'm not usually the outfit person on the stream but i really liked her outfit it was very night sister like kind of the <laughs> red tunic that went up to here <laughs> To be I honest, cool. I until we started this conversation, I did not realize that was her. I was like, who <laughs> is that? <laughs> that's I mean, that's what I heard a lot of people saying also, like on, on social media that were like, wait, that was her. Oh, it's so. both of them. Uh Vel too. It took us a second to be like, oh wait, that's Vel. Yeah. How did she get here? <laughs> I was like, she cleans up nice. <laughs> And then they immediately like, okay, well, welcome back to Coruscant. Now go kill someone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what do we, so let's uh, talk about Dedra and Cyril a little bit. Um, what did we think of Dedra and her? I, I really liked her story in this episode. All of her little machinations and the fact that she was rewarded this time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she, well, she, Finally, I mean, she finally got what she wanted, right? She she stuck to her guns, which I feel like a lot of people working at the Empire, like once they get shot down for something, they're they're not going to keep prying. But she's stuck with it and kept prying. And I think, uh, what's his name? Pentagraz? Uh, Partagaz. Pa <laughs> Partagaz. I think he was impressed that she kind of stuck to her guns and like did the research, did her homework. She understood yeah. the assignment. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's in line because he basically he didn't really shoot her down super hard the first time she brought it up. She said he said something like your quarterly, quarterly reports aren't in like make sure your job is done. But that was kind of it. Like make sure you, the sectors you have are in order and then go after Blevin's stuff. Yeah. It, it it all felt very just Sith to me, really, which I the Empire is modeled after the Sith in a lot of ways. But I love the Darth Bane trilogy of books, and I jumped immediately to the Sith Academy where the all the Sith masters tell the Sith apprentices they're like, it's against the rules to kill each other here. <laughs> it's uh, But you can do it. <laughs> it's It's just highly frowned upon, you know. They're basically like, if you can get away with it, you should do it. And so that's what I feel like uh, Dedra did is Yularen comes in 
basically says the ISB has been given free reign to do X, Y, and Z. And Dedra's like, all right, I'm going to take what's mine. Yeah. And I love that she uses the that emergency act as part of her explanation. Cause like he's, he's, he's like, what's your thesis? Like explain yourself. And she's, mm -hmm. she's got an explanation for everything. And she's like, I've got the receipts. Like I, I did this correctly once that emergency act kicked in. It's a shame that she uh, is so loyal to the empire. She'd make a great fulcrum, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's weird to see in this episode, the Imperials or Dedra acting like a rebel. And I thought that the way that Luthen and Mothma were competing with each other, I was like, that's more the Imperial side of things of not being honest, not cooperating, uh, kind of, Oh, there was something when Mothma first showed up, uh, Luthen was like, Oh, is she here already? And was kind of smiling. And Clay was like, stop smiling. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you're enjoying this too much. Yeah. So I feel like there's this competitive nature between the two of them. And it's weird to see uh, the roles swapped a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dedra end up like switching sides some somewhere at the like the very end of the show, not anytime soon. But like she's just trying to do her job well. And like Cyril is too, but he's got like all these like very special vendettas that I feel like he he's gotta go down with the ship. Yeah. I oh, we'll get to Cyril in a second, but I'm I'm trying to decide of the two of them, I think Dedra would be the more likely candidate to switch sides. Cause I, I, yeah, like you said, I feel like she's just trying to do her job. Well, that happens to mean taking down a rebellion, but I don't feel like she's running around going like, and I hate that person in particular, <laughs> the way Cyril is. Mm -hmm. I, I think she's just trying to do the job she was given and that maybe she can realize that that job is terrible and take her skills elsewhere. Um, but yeah, we can we can shift into Cyril now because I think he is completely obsessed with Cassian, wants to kill him <laughs> and uh, clear his name, get his name expunged or his record expunged. Um, but I still like to watch him a lot. I mean, he's a complete loser, but I, I like watching him. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, I mean, every morning it looks like he just gets berated by his mother. <laughs> And maybe that has driven him to be just a complete jerk. I don't know. But, like, I do feel for him. Just his mother is relentless. Yeah. Oof. What What do you think of Cyril having, Sawyer having uh, binged through all of them? <laughs> um, well, I think um, you, you were, were talking about how his mind is now shifted to, you know, getting rid of Cassian. But it's... Uh, it's kind of you brought up how Dedra is you know she's just trying to do her job and she's doing it very effectively she's you know doing all of these things she's going behind all these loopholes she's gonna get it done because she's maybe not necessarily loyal to the empire but she's loyal to her job and that's how Cyril was presented to us at the beginning of the show because you know his co-workers got killed and he was told 
let it go. And he was like, no, I'm going to solve this problem. This is, you know, and now we see him so angry with Cassian because he foiled the plans and he uses the, well, I was just trying to, you know, defend my two co-workers and clearly I want justice and blah, blah, blah. But he's, he's not doing that because he cares about that anymore. He's doing that because that will make him look good so that he can mm. get where he needs to be to kill Cassian. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and you're right. He is a total loser, but he is very entertaining to watch. Yeah. And I mean, he's like, real, so he's just like us. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to just say, we, we've all been there with, oh. a, with, <laughs> with a parental figure. <laughs> just it, That made him so relatable. <laughs> and, you know, I appreciate a, a good tailored suit every now and then. And so, you know, he he knew exactly how to jazz up a, a plain brown suit. He, he jazzed up the collar a little bit. So I'll give him props for that. But I, I like what you said about uh, he did start out kind of the same as Dedra. Like he's just doing his job, trying to do the right thing. Uh, and yeah, people were just telling him to like not worry about it. But then when he did get the chance to go to Ferrex, he just seemed really clumsy about it. And like, he wasn't really ready to be out on the field yet. And like, he has that moment where he, is like supposed to give a, a rousing speech. He's like, uh. <laughs> That's, I, I think maybe he saw an opportunity to take over his, uh, his, whoever his boss was, like his role. I think when he saw his boss hemming and hawing and being like, oh, make up a story, nothing too heroic, blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, maybe if I can solve this, like I can oust him take another step up the up the ladder it does seem like everything to him is climbing up more and more uh to please his mother yeah. and that's so i get now he's in data analysis or something <laughs> the the bureau for uh, i forget what it was called <laughs> he's in like fuel, fuel purification right yeah yeah the, the so bureau for standards and something yeah. Where, and, and yeah, and he's specifically under that umbrella in fuel purity. <laughs> I I loved the the scenes of him like interviewing and like getting that job because the other guy had the Star Wars version of like a, a cardigan on and he just looked like a mid-level manager kind of guy. And he's like, You're you're gonna have to start at the bottom again, buddy. Like your uncle called in a good favor. I'm going to do you a favor and like turn, turn a eye to your record. Cause I love that part when he's like, Oh, you're, you're this guy. But he seemed, I thought he seemed genuinely helpful. And Molly, I really liked your, you compared him to uh, principal Flutie from uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Just the 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 scene, if anyone's seen Buffy, when Buffy first transfers to the school, she mentions that she has kind of a colorful record. And he's like, well, we give all of our new students a fresh start here. And then he looks at the record and he's like, oh, never mind. Like he goes to rip <laughs> it up and then he starts taping it back together. Like, oh, this is one. This one is especially a colorful record. He's but, like, oh, you set the gym on fire. Let me just tape this back together. <laughs> yeah. But I like how 
when they're walking through and he's like, there are no small jobs here. And he kind of like looks up and he's like, I feel like this is the smallest job I could get. And then at the very end when he's just kind of head down doing his work, he looks up again, like one day I'll get back up there. Yeah. I, I do like that. They kind of focused on him looking up and out. I will admit the first time I saw the cubicles, I was like, that looks kind of cool. But I think the novelty would wear off after half an hour. Yeah. I mean, you're not like right next door to anybody, at least. Yeah. You got a little bit of privacy, but just seeing rows after rows and floors of them. just Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it was very heavy severance vibes. Just yeah. not only the look of it, but whatever he was doing. I don't know. It just looked like. He was scrolling through numbers, which if you've seen Severance. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. Yeah. But it's interesting to see like the kind of just manpower, uh, just busy work that mm -hmm. it's, the Empire takes. It's like takes. interesting lore to get, you know, it, it doesn't have anything really to do with the story, but yeah. Well, it's like the same as getting to see all the little people on Ferrix and what they do and what mm -hmm. their daily life is like. This mm -hmm. is kind of the opposite where we're kind of getting to see what the lower class on Coruscant are having to do every day. It, it reminded me of uh, the book Victory's Price. There's like this big database of everyone who's ever been in the Empire. And basically it, it, it was a way to make Anyone and everyone who ever put on an Imperial uniform or probably worked in that office, anyone that helped the Empire in any way, uh, it, it was basically blackmail information to make them all complicit so that if slash when the Empire fell, all that data would become public and it would basically drown the New Republic now in busy work of like, okay, now we have to charge this person for this war crime because they press this button on a computer here and that allowed for that war crime. And like uh, th that, that's a big plot point around victory's price, but that's what it made me think of. Yeah. Do we think that Cyril's story for the rest of the season is just literally going to be him trying to work his way up the ladder to then show him finally teaming up with Dedra, like for the finale or like the final arc uh, I'll throw it to Sawyer, Sawyer first. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm just wondering how long it'll take him to like get where he wants to be. Because we've seen, you know, the two of them in the trailer together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess I'm kind of of the mindset that because this show was designed to be multiple seasons and kind of more long form... Maybe we don't, maybe there's not necessarily a conclusion to that yet. You know, that could go into, you know, we're, we're going to be following a lot of these characters for a long time, it seems like. So um, it, it, it might be that he's doing something. He seems like the type to get really impatient. So <laughs> there might reach a point where he's, you know, like, I can't wait this long. I got to do something extreme. And uh, maybe that's how he gets to his point where he's with Dedra in the, towards the end of the season. But I also don't anticipate that his, like, it, it, I, he's obviously not going to kill Cassie and he's not going to get what he wants. But I, I feel like they're probably setting him up to 
continue to exist in this story, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of him being impatient with everything except his mother. He somehow has held on to a little scrap of patience with her where he's just like, yes, okay, mother, I get it. <laughs> well, he he weirdly like will mouth off to her a lot more than he will to anyone else. Like he, he basically says what he's thinking, but then yeah, he just does what she says. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely waiting for him and Dedra to meet because they, like both of you mentioned, they feel very similar, like kindred spirits. Uh, I, I think that they will see some similarities within each other. I agree, Sawyer. I think he's going to be impatient and probably just work late, uh, work overtime to find something, some leverage to help him uh, move up the ladder faster because I don't think he wants to sit in that little cubicle for long. It also just wouldn't be interesting for us to watch that. <laughs> so that maybe know, he's going to... They made... Go ahead. They made the little kind of tedious jobs on Ferrix look kind of interesting. So I don't know. I kind of want to see his like water cooler talk with his coworkers <laughs> there. Like, what's what is that like? Does he make friends? Do they invite him out? Or are they I'm like, guess no. <laughs> you know, okay. I wouldn't mind an episode of that. Cyril and has to make like, friends. Yeah. It's not like Cassian's going anywhere. He's He's going to prison and he's going to sit there for six years apparently but <laughs> mm -hmm. well i guess another option oh sorry um oh, sorry. i guess another option would be if you know dedra you know she's been praised for her work and she's not going to be done looking at this it is possible that she somehow links cassian to the robbery and she wants more information and then she sees you know this whole oh. deal <laughs> with what happened on ferrix and Maybe she seeks Cyril out for whatever reason, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's a possibility. I mean, she seems to know or have access to a lot of records of what went on there. So she could see his name pop up and be like, oh, he might have some more information for me. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. That makes a lot of sense is to to have Dedra continuing to go to Ferrix that we've seen uh, from the trailer. She is on Ferrix. She is investigating things. She would probably want uh, Cyril's account of things, uh, even if she thinks he's a loser at first. But, but I do hope that they start to work together. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of am envisioning this season being about Cassian officially finally like truly joining the rebellion and making that decision and then season two he's part of it and i would kind of like it if the parallel story was cyril at the end getting what he wants a little bit and officially joining the empire in some capacity and watching both of their paths kind of like still intersect but going in opposite directions i think that'd be cool yeah oh i just had a thought of like Alex, you mentioned when we see Cassian next, probably in prison, we might see some flashbacks to his previous times in prison. But what if he finally listens to Nimic's stuff? No, that's a great point. Like if they let him keep the book or the data pad or whatever, or if he smuggles it in, if he's like, well, now I just 
have nothing to do but read. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's a great point. Like, passes it around to other people and then he rallies everybody behind Nimic's message. That would be a good uh, tribute to, to Nimic. I am really interested to see how they do, I, I guess, a prison break story next. I, I've I've enjoyed how each little arc has something familiar, uh, but very distinct going on. We just did the heist and now we got to do a prison break. Like that's, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm into that. Mm -hmm. It's another very, like if you watch the great escape or something, it, it's similar and that, you, you know, you got to secretly get a plan together and then you try to make it all happen. And of course it falls apart and there's chaos, but, <laughs> but it, it's different it, enough. I, I'm it might looking be... forward to that very guardians of the galaxy where he like makes a couple of very specific specifically uh talented friends who are all mm -hmm. good at their own thing you know you got the muscle you got the tiny raccoon who yeah there's a, definitely a tiny raccoon <laughs> <laughs> definitely one of those <laughs> uh well sawyer is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we uh close out with you Oh gosh, um, I don't know. You guys did a pretty thorough review. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see if I have any more notes on here. I don't think I do. Oh, B two is just like yeah. a literal good boy, and he can't he can do no wrong. Uh, Alden Diaz on Twitter pointed out that his little charging station looked like a dog bed, and now I can't unsee it of him just being like a cute little dog and like when he goes up to to meet cassian for the first time he like raises up so that cassian can like pet him on the head a little bit it's just too cute b2 continues to be the best uh i do not like that marva did not allow him to speak <laughs> i know I wonder what she probably knew that he, he probably would have changed hearts and minds and she knew that. So <laughs> she couldn't let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Sawyer, thank you for joining us for a discussion of episode seven. Uh, we're going to keep going and answer uh, chat questions and super chats and all that. But uh, where can everyone find you online? Um, yeah, well, uh, my, my, I'm Sawyerism. Yeah. Um, I'm mostly on TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Those are my main outlets. Twitter, if you want my hot takes. Uh, TikTok, if you want um, lore. Uh, specifically, uh, I am the Star Wars biologist. So um, that is kind of my shtick. And uh, that's where you can find me. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. This is great. Of course. There's uh, links to your Linktree, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I think I got everything uh, down in the description oh, wow. <laughs> already. So yeah, please, please go follow, follow Sawyer. Uh, I think we've we've known you for a couple of years now, thanks to Star Wars and Scotch and GCX and all that. But uh, you're always great to talk to. So thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Cool. Have a great rest of your night. You too. Bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. And let's go over to our chat questions here and just dive right in. And I like this first one from Stuart J. Thank you, Stuart. Are we sure... Tay Colma is trustworthy. Mon Mothma is being watched. What if he was sent to pretend to hate the Empire to try to catch her? Is this uh, her childhood friend? Yes. Person? I think because they are childhood friends, I think he 
should be trustworthy. If he weren't, that would just like Mon Mothma needs a win desperately. Agreed. After after Luthen kind of got a win with the heist kind of working out. So I would be devastated if he were planted there to betray her. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get the sense that he is there to hurt her. Um, it's possible he could inadvertently just because like he's not a spy. He's a banker. Uh, so th that could go downhill. But no, I, I liked him. So again, this just might be me trusting everyone too quickly. Uh, but I hope that he is cool. I, I, again, just loved that scene. And Molly, like you said about Luthen getting a win, maybe she feels like she needs one. I, I was just feeling a little bit of a competitive edge with her in that scene. Yeah. Uh, aside that we haven't been allowed to see yet. To the point yeah. where I'm wondering if all of her vulnerability has been an act for the audience. I mean, it's possible. Like, she, she keeps implying that and she told him that kind of outright that like it's all an act i i do this kind of stuff on purpose so that i can get other stuff done behind the scenes yeah like i, I really liked that scene or the that speech she gave she because when she started saying it's all a lie i was like yeah you being like the timid senator but also enjoying the high life uh but the fact that she was like no, some things I do to annoy the Empire, and I do it, obviously, where she says, like, if they're looking at the stone in your hand, they don't see the knife behind your back. I was like, oh, my God, Mothma. <laughs> like, yeah, more of this. What if what if she is, like, so much more ruthless and cutthroat than anyone actually realizes? And she is the one who killed all those Bothans because they tried to double-cross <laughs> her. Oh, no. I mean, Many Bothans died for to bring oh, us no. this information. <laughs> that would change everything I know about Star Wars. And like like Mon Mothma is like the rebellion's one of the rebellion's moral compasses. <laughs> so yeah. she's she's the rebel mom. Yeah. Mama Mothma. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't think she's gonna be completely ruthless and heartless. <laughs> I think that there is a side of her that we have not seen yet. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm sure we'll get more super chats about Mon Mothma, but I also loved how well she navigated that dinner party because you could see Perrin always had an eye on her. Like he's constantly networking, like trying to trying to do his own thing, but he never stopped keeping track of her, and she knew that, and she kept mm -hmm. like bopping around, like trying to stay just out of earshot of him, and he kept like following her. Ugh, parents the she worst. Also, she also pointed out that her driver is an ISB plant. And I, she may have just been saying that to Tay. I'm trying to keep in my head that people might be just saying things to get what they want. But I, again, am taking Mon at her word that she has discovered, like, nope, Chloris is here to spy on me. And I know that now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm like, this poor woman. I, I love the like little last minute thing that she says to to Tay, like Perrin knows nothing. He can't be trusted. Like yeah. pay no attention to my husband. He's a literal doofus. 
I loved all of that. Perrin doesn't know. Don't say anything about it. Uh, smile. Smile, please. <laughs> also, here he comes. Yeah. But she knew he was coming. Yeah. Because he probably does that at every, every dinner party. Yeah, just follow her around. <laughs> uh, the next super chat comes from Batman is my dad. Uh, when B2 Emo let out the sad, whirring sound, my heart broke into a million pieces. Same. And the, the subtitles let you know to be sad as well. He would make a sound and it would say, like, sad chirp or sad whir or whatever. Sad noise. Sad <laughs> okay. noise. Just want you all to know that uh, B2 Emo, the perfect little puppy droid, is sad. <laughs> and you should yeah. be too. Yeah, I... He needs a win too. Like I still have it in my heart that at some point in this show, hopefully in this season, that he'll get, you know, like when Ferrix finally has like a big uprising of the of the rebellion, he'll have a big moment where he's just mowing people down. He's gonna him. be like Chopper. Like he, <laughs> yeah. we know he has little compartments that can hold things, but he just like shooting bombs out of his sides. <laughs> Long live the rebellion. He's like, dip, 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 dip. <laughs> Cassian, look at me. Did C I do good? C Cassian. Murder. <laughs> For Cassian. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Justin Carter has the next super chat. Thank you, Justin. Shout out to the rebels embracing the dark side to get the upper hand. You love to see it. Also, Mon Mothma's boy is definitely an absent by the ISB. Okay, so Justin does not believe in Take Colma. <laughs> oh. I think I think Mon would have done her homework. I I liked the scene enough. I felt like they earned their trust well enough that I'm choosing to believe him for now. I still don't think it will necessarily end well, but I my mean, fingers are I, crossed. I don't think there would be any other reason why they pointed out that he is a childhood friend of hers. And he was mm. kind of like admitting basically that he is no fan of the empire, but like trying to do it subtly. Cause like, look at where yeah. he is. So I think I, he's fine. It's like, I, I got the sense he was trying to be very careful, but you know, that that's what an ISB agent would do too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm ISB... all about rebels embracing the dark side. Like that's, yeah. that was the pitch for this kind of show <laughs> to begin with. So I'm like about it. It's I'm glad they're exploring it in a very real way because, you know, the the Star Wars philosophy uh, is very much like, how do you fight a war without losing your soul? And I, I think it puts forth um, ways to do that, but it doesn't mean they're always practical. It doesn't it definitely doesn't mean that it happens in the real world. So it's cool to see them exploring war and conflict and rebellion in a very true to life way. Mm -hmm. Oh, am yeah, I reading the next one? one? <laughs> <laughs> we said we away. would alternate. <laughs> Molly just. <laughs> I was thinking about B2. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fine. Uh, Vex431. Thanks for the super chat. Nymos, I think someone said earlier it was like Namos. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Nymos for now. I, th I think like, we have to listen to the audio description. That'll tell us. 
That's a good point. Uh, looks like Anakin's ideal vacation destination. Concrete benches <laughs> with no sand in sight. I love that. <laughs> it, well, you, you described it like the Jersey Shore. Or yeah, it like reminded me of like the the northeastern beaches where it's kind of like it's not you're not going to go like lay in the sand because the sand's probably gross and, and dirty and it's it might be cold. But there's like stadium seating on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't look like a place where people just go and chill in the sand, which, again, ideal for Anakin. Mm hmm. I also love the woman sitting out there drinking out of whatever drink that is with like the silly straw. Cause it made me think of those giant like plastic cups you get in like really touristy beachy towns and like Panama city beach where you can get a giant drink, just carry that around all day. <laughs> She's just having the best time. What what real world location would you equate Nemos Nemos to? I'd say uh, I mean Jersey Shore Jersey. is a good one. Because I'm trying to think of like where can, can you get a a drink like that like a hurricane? I have <laughs> to assume I'm I've you know what I shouldn't say that because I've actually never been to the Jersey Shore, so I don't know. I used to go there every week on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? You didn't watch that show. I watched some of it with you because it was on because you were watching it. First, first I, like two seasons. I, were, I didn't hate it. First two seasons were like peak reality TV. I like watching those train wrecks. A <laughs> uh, couple of people are saying like Miami, Miami South Beach. I also mm -hmm. have never been to Miami, but like the really like touristy beaches in Florida. Panama city is one that sticks out to me. Myrtle beach is a good one. That one's kind of dirty. You can't walk five feet without like a sea of cigarette butts in the sand. <laughs> well, we, we have a, a bunch of, I guess, Miami, uh, Cancun, someone threw out. We, we got some beaches to go check out. We'll report back and we'll <laughs> say which one is the most like, Nemos. Yes, this is a, a work retreat for yes. us. We yes. have to do some research. This is now our job. <laughs> Got to go check out different beaches. But uh, we'll move on to Cassia uh, Pidgip. I'm sorry. I'm sure I just butchered your last name, but uh, thank you for the next super chat. Love how Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor show senators getting more oppressed. Uh, Bale lived on Alderaan plus free to travel four years later and Mothma is stuck on Coruscant and always watched. We don't know that she's stuck on Coruscant. That seems to be just kind of the role she's playing. And also I think she wants to kind of make it appear that way. Like, yeah, she, she, I think she's free to, to do pretty much what she wants. Like she said that, or she said as much about how she was spending her money, but yeah, she just is trying to uphold this very specific vision of, of what she wants other people to see her as. And it's like, if, if she traveled too much, you know, Perrin's going to like look at her cell phone records and like, or the, the Star Wars equivalent of that, like, 
yeah he's gonna look into everything that she does so it's like what Luthen said they're being choked so slowly that they don't even notice anymore well we do know that uh mothma travels to alderaan and two years time i think when leia was uh 16 oh There's in the book with, yeah so Mon Mothma does go to Alderaan. She can travel. She's not stuck on Coruscant, um, but she she kind of is. Metaphor. She would probably she would probably prefer to to be going to some kind of fu- fundraising event that fits with her image to travel. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like part of the lie she is trying to present is that she's on Coruscant all the time and just doing Senator stuff and spending money. Like Which that, is probably that's... how her and Bale end up getting close is because they're probably both trying to do the same thing. Oh, let's use these fundraisers as a front to like get real stuff done. Yeah. I'm still waiting on, that's another thing I'm waiting on Bale, And, uh, I, I, I know people have talked about that one line that she says to Tay, I'm about to tell you something that only three people in the galaxy know. And I'm I'm wondering if Bale is one of those people. I, would I mean, like wouldn't him. it be Luthen and Clea? And now him? Oh, yeah, Clea. He's the third? Well, I think he would be the fourth. I think... Oh, maybe, she's, maybe she's counting herself. Well, I... Like I want Bale to be part of that list already. I, I do too. I'm just trying to, <laughs> so <it laughs> try to Luth- crunch the Luth- numbers. Luth and Clea, uh, Bale. It also doesn't have to be literally that number. She could have just been trying to make Tay feel important. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a secret. I have a secret. Uh, what's next? Uh, hey, what's up, Coleslaw? Thanks for the next two super chats. No space avocado appearances this episode. Sad face. We did get space pistachios. Oh yeah, I loved that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the judge lady. The judge lady just having her pistachios. It reminded me of like someone working at the DMV that is just like waiting for that five o'clock bell to chime to go home and do anything else. I loved her pistachios and I loved her little like sentencing things. It was like one of those old school credit card uh, scanner things. I, I took an image of uh, Cassian's thing so I could go read it all. All I the empty card says name and crime. And then I was like, I don't feel like reading all of that. It's I still can't read Arabesh just like I'm reading any other uh, like I can read English. So I need to keep keep practicing. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in you. I'm getting I'm getting faster. <laughs> uh Coleslaw, thank you for the next super chat as well. I'm not betting on it, but I still wouldn't be shocked to see Luthen hire Cad Bane in this show. It would probably be a bit a bit much, but a good sketchy turn. I I don't think we're gonna see Cad Bane in this. Like, I feel like there is a line. I don't know where it is, but there's a there's like a line that Tony Gilroy probably won't cross. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Cad Bane is on the opposite side of it. Yeah, I have. I did enjoy seeing some more familiar alien species like at the dinner party on Coruscant. 
And I have enjoyed every other alien species appearance, like the big guy on Ferrix, but I don't know that he's going to have any of them be main characters. And yeah. not definitely not Cad Bane, but maybe. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that he would be opposed to having a prom, a very prominent alien character, let's say in the upcoming prison arc. Uh, and, and I think that as we get into season two, things will continue to get weirder, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, like just just more pulpy. But this show has been lacking in the pulp and that yeah. that would be probably my biggest criticism of it. I really like how seriously they take everything. Uh, but Dr. Quadpa has been just like the weirdest thing that's happened. I loved him. Uh, would like to see more of it. But yeah, you need you need some alien species in Star Wars to be your muscle, a Wookiee <laughs> or otherwise. Because yeah, yeah, and K two S O is not here yet, so mm-hmm. it, it would be cool if he yeah befriended someone in the prison in the next few episodes. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, Limes B twenty nine. Thanks for the super chat. I don't see a message here but if you're still here you can send it on over to one of our mods uh ben then, the name oh you go yeah. ahead uh thanks ben the name loving the lean in to petty slash competent imperials even with stormtrooper arrival criffing sand trooper full broken windows cop was perfect uh the petty, yeah, petty incompetent Imperials, yeah. Incompetent, yeah. I, I like that. Um, and, and that's something that tomorrow's video is all about, Wolfie Lauren, <laughs> and uh, how cool it was to see him again. But uh, I, I revisited a video from 2018 uh, where I got to interview Timothy Zahn, and I asked him what I ask everyone, what, who's your favorite background character? And he said, Wolfie Lauren because he is just an Imperial that gets his job done. He's not out for glory. Uh, he, he's not showboating if he gets something done. He, he just wants to do the job. And so just having him come in as a competent Imperial and kind of lording over a bunch of other competent Imperials, I thought was a really fun scene. Yeah. Sirdoc uh, has the next super chat. Thank you, Sirdoc. I wonder where Cassian stored all of his credits. Will he lose all that he earned now that he's going to prison? Man, Cassian really is like this. This is Han Solo's story, but spread out. <laughs> he had them Every- all in that like suitcase that he hid up above the shower. So mm-hmm. chances are the housekeeping is going to find that, which they probably deserve it. What a generous tip. Yeah. After after seeing the state in which he left that room, they deserve it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, his his winnings basically for participating in that whole heist. Yeah, I would not say that he is well. Hmm. I was about to say something, but then uh, Isaac brought this up that some of the money was in the box or but also a blaster and the manifesto. And I don't think he's going to lose that manifesto. So he probably will get that box back. I mean, they did specifically show that he hit it. 
it's not in the best hiding place, but there's a chance he could get that box back. Or maybe just the manifesto will be left. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Someone know. Maybe like a book. No, thank you. Maybe before they took him to that jury place or right afterwards, maybe they're like, okay, you're staying in a hotel. You can go get your things. And then they make him like check his things like you do when you go to jail. <laughs> maybe. I doubt it. I don't think the Empire is going to be that kind. Maybe the lady that he was with will bring it to him. Maybe. I doubt she was that kind either. You talk about having hope for people. <laughs> Maybe she was actually... She, I mean, she's not going to be happy that she didn't get her snacks and drinks, whatever those were, that she wanted him to get. I will try to think the best of her. That, that maybe she will bring everything to Cassie and so he can go buy her snacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doxon1321, thanks for the next super chat. Do you think Mothma is more upset Luthen's people got violent or that now they aren't uh, beholding to her funding? With anyone else, I'd assume the latter. Probably a little of both. I think it was more that she was surprised that this happened at all. Like, I don't think she was worried about Luthen's people getting violent. I think she was just like, you have now done something that we can't turn back from, which is what Luthen tells her as well. I, I think she was just not ready to dive in. And now Luthen has kind of forced her to. Yeah. And I think, maybe she's just kind of been waiting for an opportunity like this to, to really change stuff up and prove that like she can get stuff done too without violence. Yes. That's a, that, that whole scene with Tay Colma. That's, I was like, this is a different side of her a little more motivated that mm -hmm. I, I think we're going to continue to see that side of her evolve. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Finn, thank you for the next super chat. Am I the only one who's had the Nemos music stuck in their head all day? Nope, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's it was so cool. Such a. Bop. I need to. I need to know like the instruments that they used. Uh, Nicholas Bertel did tweet out that the first four episodes, or maybe maybe four through six, the soundtracks are going to be coming out. So. Ooh, cool. We're probably going to have to wait a while for episode seven, but they are on their way onto Spotify and stuff. Nice. Uh, Joel Ramirez has the next super chat. Hello. Loved this episode. I love the buildup and tension during Mon and Lucent's talk. Over under 60% Paps shows up, even <laughs> for just a scene. Pal palps? Paps? I assume Palps. But I like Paps, too. Pa old Pappy? Old Pappy Palps. Palpy Pap? Um, <laughs> I think that there's a chance. Uh, over or under 60%. So you're uh, saying there's a chance. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 50% right now. I think it could go either way. I don't think they need to include him. I would like to see it. Especially, they were talking about like calling a special 
um, session of Senate yeah, that, that I was like, he might be there for that one. Yeah. Our, both of our ears perked up when they said that. Cause like anytime there's a Senate thing, like there's chances to see a lot of familiar faces. Um, but they, they, they did tease Sly more and then it didn't happen. So I'm like, I'm not expecting us to definitely see that special session. Yeah. I think more likely than seeing him in the show in person, we might see him on the news or like some kind of like public service announcement. Not, not like that, but like some kind of hologram of him saying something, but I, I don't know. I doubt it. Cause like, didn't they show holograms of him bef like looking normal, not all messed up in the face to like the general public? Yeah, that, so that's something that something... happened in Star Wars Rebels. I love that idea of like projecting this nice old man image to the rest of the world while telling the members of the Senate, like, I'm scarred and deformed from the Jedi. So something like that would be cool. I, I think that it could go either way right now. I'm hopeful. I'd like for it to happen. We know you're hopeful. I'm always hopeful. Uh, Cal Vector, thank you for the next super chat. Luthen is on his way to buying a bunch of Toyota Hiluxes and RPGs. I have no idea what a Toyota Hilux is. The imagery of the AK looking blasters is making more and more sense. Uh, okay, I'm going to guess that a Hilux is like another kind of car that is often used by rebellions or something <laughs> but uh oh it's a series of pickup trucks okay i wonder stylized. if it's the kind of truck that's in PUBG. <laughs> stylized pickup trucks i don't know i'm gonna but yeah i i think uh okay oh it's like they're like lux pickup trucks that have like back seats and stuff. I don't right. know about cars. Yeah, I know. Trucks. I'm not a car guy. I'm a speeder guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I Luthen just got 80 million credits almost. So I, I think he's I think he's gonna do some shopping. Luthen be shopping. He's gonna have a treat Luthen yourself day. Be shopping. <laughs> he's like, I sell stuff to people all the time. It's my turn to treat myself. Yeah. What do you that. think he? What do you think he would treat himself to? That's not like rebellion related. A new wig. Uh, I mean, he he probably feels like a slave to the wig at this point. I do see. I mean, he does like a, a good hot towel. Maybe he gets a facial and a massage. <laughs> You're right. He does pamper himself from time to time. Yeah, he's he uses the excuse of like, oh, I gotta get in the get in the mood in character of like being super hoity-toity, but secretly he really enjoys his skincare routine. Uh -huh. uh, howdy, it's David has the next super chat. Thank you, David. From the trailers, uh, Clayetta Luthen, you're slipping. There is obvious friction coming. I think she went rogue. Uh, Luthen knows that Cassian, I think, is an asset beyond this. I think there's something to that. Yeah. Like 
that that could be the discussion they have when Clea says, "Oh, I told Vel to go kill Cassian," and Luthen could be like, "You did what?" So yeah. yeah. He he could be like, don't I didn't want you to do that. And then she could be like, you're slipping and you're taking risks you shouldn't take and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I I do hope that that's the case, that like she went off on her own accord to try to convince Vel to tie up this particular loose end, a.k.a. kill Cassian. And maybe Luthen is like, that's not what I wanted at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's because I, I, again, I thought he was genuine with the whole sky kyber. Mm-hmm. Also, I wanted uh, to bring this up real quick. Hit the like button. <laughs> Thanks. Eat my shorts. The funny. <laughs> <name too. laughs> we all, we always talk about it on, I mean, we don't really talk about it that often on uh, our other live streams, but I always forget to say, hit the like button. So hit the like button. There, I said it several times. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta scroll all the way back up. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'll say, uh, Muhammad Ali has the next super chat and just says, good show, guys. Thank you, Muhammad Thanks. Ali. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Andrew Biederman has the one after that. Cassian left, said he was done, and gave back the crystal. He is a loose end, as far as Luthen and Clea know, and he knows too much, hence the kill orders. I, I like that there's a debate in the chat over whether or not this is Luthen's doing or just Clea on her own. And I like that we don't know. That's uh, They're doing a really good job of keeping Luthen a mystery, the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Like I, the, There should be a character that the audience is like, should we trust them or not? <laughs> Yeah. And it's like he's on the rebellion side, but I don't know. Yeah, because this whole time, like today's episode made like shocked me for Luthen's story so far. I was like, oh, he's being a lot more ruthless than mm-hmm. I th- I thought he was. But he is kind of this master of disguise and probably has all these like things going on. So who knows? He has so many things going on. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, I'm still scrolling. One, one tiny little bork. <laughs> oh, he heard you. Uh-huh. Uh, Jorkland has the next super chat. Thank you, Jorkland. Okay, Hilo. He's just, he's just sitting in our room barking at nothing. Okay, uh, there we go. Very looking forward to some ISB. <laughs> I'll go some see ISB infighting. Okay, it's. I promise you, it's nothing. Uh, very looking forward to some ISB infighting, like proper infighting with consequences, not just bickering. I wonder if uh, Hirt will pay for Dedra's actions. Uh, is Hirt her aid? I don't know that name. I have not looked that up. Um, but yes, I agree. Like, I, I already do think we got some consequences, and I like that. I like that um, Blevin, you know, tried and failed to to call her out. It didn't work. So I, I do think we are going to see that escalate. 
the same way that we have seen more and more just imperial stuff that's familiar to us, I think we're going to watch their competitiveness escalate more and more. Do you agree? Just say yes or no. Don't even don't even think about it. Oh, you're muted. Or did my headphones die? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I was muted. I never know I, anymore. <laughs> I, I said yes and. Because <laughs> I'm good at improv. Yeah, that's all you have to say. Um, but yeah, we were talking about just consequences from infighting and uh, seeing worse and worse consequences happen. Yeah. I mean, I love the conversations that we see happen in the ISB because it not only is it like very petty, just like people squawking at each other in different ways. It's, it's just them trying to, like he said, climb that ladder. Mm -hmm. Don't look down. It always reminds me of Palpatine's line about the senators being greedy, squabbling delegates. Like it's kind of the same. We're also, I think, being set up in this episode to expect more because even though Partagaz sides with Dedra and they kind of do like this victory walk outside, he immediately is like, watch your back. Like you just uh, pushed some buttons and no one's yeah. going to just sit back and let you do that. Yeah, we didn't really discuss that line when Sawyer was on, but I, I did want to bring that up that like, he knows that there's going to be some backstabbing mm-hmm. happening after all of this. It's just like, I guess every Imperial just knows that's part of the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think is makes it more realistic. Uh, Maddie Gunner. Hey, Maddie, thanks for the next super chat. Says, I'm mad at Marva for yelling at my dear sweet boy. We right? all are can't believe it i mean like she, she had a great monologue it was a great scene but but no one tells b2 emo to be quiet <laughs> i know he could have had a much more rousing speech to convince cassian to stay <laughs> he, he had a whole monologue like loaded up and he would have gotten a third of the way through it and then just lost power <laughs> pausing for data lag <laughs> <laughs> Pausing for love. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragonus Prime has the next super chat. It's you, dude. It's been <laughs> eons since I caught one of these live. I audibly gasped at seeing Yularen in live action, but my heart breaks for Tom Kane. I, I had the same reaction. Um, and yeah, uh, our, our thoughts continue to go out to Tom Kane, who had a, a stroke. He was the voice of Admiral Yularen and he was the narrator and he was the voice of Yoda, but he was Yularen in both the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. But yeah, I I thought it was wonderful to see uh, Yularen on screen in live action with lines now. Mm -hmm. He is just like one of those perfect characters to show up for something like this. Like he's going to be the one to break this kind of news to to everybody else at the ISB and just be like, I spoke to Palpatine about this and blah, 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 blah. 
everyone's like, okay, humble brag. Yeah. But Although, yeah, like this is the kind of, oh, good. I was going to say, just, I have so many curious thoughts about Yularen and like how that switched happened for him when he was like working with the Republic and the Jedi and then what we see in A New Hope. Or in, yeah. I guess this would be before that. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think that he had some thoughts about Order 66 after serving alongside the Jedi for so long. But honestly, I think it's kind of fitting and poetic that he worked alongside Anakin Skywalker because both of them were good people that fell uh, because of Emperor Palpatine mm -hmm. and the Empire or the Sith or whatever. It was ultimately Palpatine's doing. And it, it makes me bummed, but like that i i don't think that if you were going to stay with the empire after order 66 and rise through the ranks and you're a colonel in the isb it's like i should have seen this coming yeah <laughs> but i just mm -hmm. didn't want to believe it that's a, a reoccurring theme uh grant ga has the next super chat thank you grant was Mon's husband a separatist? Is that what she was implying to her friend? Also, 20 bucks says that guy dies from Perrin or someone he orders. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust Perrin at all. But no, I, Perrin, as far as I know, is Chandrillan. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he kind of alluded to that. And yeah, I think he knew Mon Mothma before the Clone Wars even happened. So I, I would say that they're... Both Chandrillan, they were probably probably both with the Republic, although I don't think Perrin really cared. <laughs> if if he's I, if he was like he is now, he was probably just annoyed that a war was happening. He probably didn't care about Republic separatist, etc. Mm -hmm. I I like to think that their marriage was a, an arranged marriage. I think that's kind of implied by I, them both being Chandrillan and like there's a lot of Chandrillan customs. So Tony Gilroy and Mon Mothma even hinted at that. So I think that's likely. Tony Gilroy and Mon Mothma? Sorry, Genevieve O'Reilly. I was like, whoa, <laughs> was he in I this? Can't, I can't distinguish Star Wars from reality anymore. <laughs> I'm in too deep. Yeah. Well, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, Eric Bruno, thanks for the next two super chats. So one through three, escape from... Uh, Ferrix. I was like, wait, fest? No, <laughs> Ferrix. Episode four through six, heist. Episode seven, intermission. Eight through 10, escape from prison. 11 through 12, finale, right? Love your stuff. Thank you. Thank I mean, you, I think Eric. that's... That's a good prediction for how the rest of these are going to go. And again, like let's, I like how communicative uh, Tony Gilroy has been, but he has said basically that like, I didn't know until last week that episode seven is a bridging episode between six and eight, just to kind of set up that, okay, now Cassian is in prison. And I assume yeah. the, and then he said the next eight through 10, are will all be connected the same way one through three and four through six were. And then he said 11 and 12 are like the finale of the season. So 
uh, yeah, that that's exactly correct. I think. I love that Tony Gilroy is in this very unique position for Star Wars, where he's not making a one-off movie. He's not being stuck in the middle of a trilogy to connect two points. He does have an ending that everybody already knows for Cassian. So it's kind of like he gets to play the most in this time period, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's getting to define a lot of this, I would say. I mean, especially in live action, which is going to be the reality for more fans than saw it in Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think he, he gets to play a lot. <laughs> oh, and Eric Bruno said, oops, wrong F planet. We've all been there. <laughs> I know I have. I just called Genevieve Riley Mon Mothma, so <laughs> I she can't plays talk. Her so well, though. <laughs> uh, and, and Eric has uh, another super chat. Thank you, Eric. It says, Andor getting arrested in Space Miami. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> have we? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one day. Not yet, but someday. <laughs> we still have to do, go do our research. Mm hmm explore that's got to be part of the research is seeing uh how much it takes to get arrested at each beach sure be like all right well here i got arrested for running and that that would i guess be the closest thing we're just gonna have to test the waters everywhere we go i gotta say cassian for for as well as he's done for himself so far he didn't do the best job at like not being suspicious I mean, I they, they made it very clear that he was going to get arrested no matter what, and they were going to stick him with some BS charges. But he what he did look a little suspicious. I agree. Like well, if like, I, I, I saw this, what he was trying to do, but he was just trying to like run away from the trouble. But running a little bit, he he just kind of like power walked away, and they're like, "You look should, out of breath." <laughs> he should know better, and he's like looking around, like. If I were him, I would have like sat down on the beach and waited 10, 20 minutes. The the girl can wait for her snacks. I would have sat and waited for a few minutes to let some of that blow over. <laughs> well, that's why you're not in jail and Cassian is. It's true. <laughs> uh, the Daily uh, Gaming videos. Thank you for the next one. Imagine Cyril ends up working for the Empire and is on the Death Star when it blows up. He might. <laughs> it's possible. Be right there alongside a, a now my brain's farting, a Wolfie Lauren. Mm -hmm. Been talking about him all night. Could be. Uh, lost my spot. Here we go. <laughs> Hugo uh, Yees, thanks for the next super chat. Upon hearing Yalaren's speech and plans to increase the power of the ISB with the Emperor's blessing, has your view of him changed and would consider him lawful, neutral, or lawful evil? We kind of already touched on this and I voiced my concerns of like, how how did he get here from where he we saw him in the Clone Wars? But I don't, I, I, my view of him hasn't really changed because we see where he is in a new hope. Yeah. 
I mean, yes, I would say that my view of him changed today. Uh, again, I shouldn't have been surprised about it. Like, if, you, if you're a colonel in the Imperial Security Bureau and you've been serving the Empire for 19 years, like, that's on me for not accepting the writing on the wall uh, and just mostly knowing him from his time in the Republic and being like, I hope he's still a good guy, but no, like <laughs> I would consider him, I guess, lawful evil, lawful fascist. I, <laughs> that, that That's where he's at now is that he, he wants to bring the boot of the empire down and keep law and order at any cost. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hugo has another super chat that says Max Rebo was guest playing that night on Nemo. Was that because the music was uh, such a banger or because something bad happened? Nothing exploded. <laughs> Nothing exploded there, but Cassian did get uh, arrested. So, yeah, we can't put him to blame for for every mishap and every location <laughs> yeah. any bad thing that happens ever it's not max's fault leave him out of this he's oh. fine um oh no i gotta scroll back up okay geo flores has the next one thank you so much geo and hi i'm still continuing to love this show so much and as it continues on i continue to worry for b2 i hope he gets a happy ending we we all hope that mm-hmm if he doesn't, I will write uh, an angry letter to Tony Gilroy. <laughs> That'll be his punishment. Yeah. It'll just say, also, how dare you with uh, then the rest of the pages, exclamation marks. Yeah. Hi, Gio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, if we ever get the chance to speak to Tony Gilroy or interview him, we'll have a lot of strong words if that's the case. <laughs> Uh, decaf coffee has the next one thank you just got here haven't caught a live stream in a while why do you think marva grabbed that blaster rifle in her last shot oh man that was another thing that i noticed on my second viewing and i was like is she just like is she just gonna go do this now she's like all right here i go rebellion time she goes out and starts banging on the thing like we've seen yeah. them do. <laughs> everyone's like oh okay <laughs> Are we doing this now? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that it, it was just symbolism of Cassian walking away for now. He'll be back. But that that part of her life is leaving. And she's like, I'm literally picking up the blaster rifle for the next part of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> I had the same thought of like, oh, she's she means business like right now. She's, she's going to go shoot up that garrison. She's probably just going to go clean her gun so that it's nice and ready. Yeah, let's say when that. Time, when the time comes. That's I'm sure that's what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Batman is my dad. Thanks for this super chat. My mom doesn't like the animated shows. Can you convince her that they are good shows with great stories? <laughs> <laughs> my mom's the same way. I think my mom accidentally ended up watching the Clone Wars movie on... <laughs> Disney Plus, and she was like, I didn't like that. It just wasn't for me. And I was like, that's fine, Mom. That is okay. I, that's understandable. 
She just Did she watch the whole thing. Probably not. I don't know. She just like if something like that starts playing, she'll just leave it on and say she watched it. <laughs> but um, I, I, I mean, figure out uh, what character does she, if she likes Ahsoka, play her some Ahsoka episodes, like some of the really good ones. That'd be my if she really liked uh, today's episode of Andor play through Imperial Eyes. Yeah. From Star Wars Rebels. Didn't we try talk to find a similar vibe? Didn't we talk about this in the last Q&A? Somebody asked like how to convince someone else to get into the animated shows. Yeah. And it was basically this, just find out what they like about live action and then find something similar to let them try an animation. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, Joel Davis has the next two super chats. Thank you, Joel. Do you think the show's rating will affect if Lucasfilm greenlights another show in the same vein as Andor? And I saw someone else bring this up. So uh, let me go to uh, Jonathan Allegre. Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name, but Jonathan also asks, or says, I just hope that Disney does not cancel the second season because the low audience. Uh, hugs from Argentina. Thank you, Jonathan. So, yeah, there, this was uh, last week sometime. The people from like Parrot Analytics tweeted out uh, that I, I might do a video on this. I don't know. I'm trying to decide. But they they tweeted out this graph that showed Andor's viewership compared to uh, now I'm trying to find the graphic because I think I have it compared to all the other shows. And it's low. Like, here we go. <laughs> so that like oh. bottom purple line is Andor compared to the Mandalorian. And green is um, Obi-Wan. Huh. Orange is Book of Boba Fett. So basically, what's, they're just saying. Purple? Uh, the middle purple is Mandalorian season two, it looks like. Oh, okay. It looks like just the novelty of Star Wars wore off after Mando season one. Well, like, I mean, I think there are lots of reasons that, uh, like, like I've told the story about having to tell my parents uh, who Andor was, like, every week for a month. Mm -hmm. Just, like, he's not as recognizable as a character as Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan had. The Mandalorian was the novelty of the very first live-action Star Wars, not to mention Baby Yoda was, like, a marketing goliath. Mm-hmm. Also, this is just a very different Star Wars project. Like, I think there are a lot of reasons for the ratings. The ratings also don't matter. As long as you like the show, who cares? But yeah, the the only reason ratings could matter is what Joel and Jonathan bring up, is that it, it could influence uh, a second season. I don't think that's likely they've been selling this as a two season show from the get go. Tony Gilroy has been talking about how they're going into production in November. Like the wheels are already turning on season two. So mm -hmm. I think that we're probably fine. I'm not worried about it. I think this show will specifically make up for the lower viewership by getting higher marks by the reviewers like people who 
reviewed TV shows and movies and stuff are giving Andor rave reviews for being well written, well thought out. You know, I think because it's getting noticed by more quote unquote like the sophisticated movie reviewers out there and they're saying, oh, this is this is highbrow content coming from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We like that. So I think it might be making up for the lower viewership by getting higher marks by reviewers. I'll also point out that, uh, okay, we, we've talked about how Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, She-Hulk all came out. I think that's why they pushed Andor's release a little bit. Um, that there's just so much competition going on. So I think that's a factor. Um, but yeah, I think they've already started working on season two. If it were still going to be a five season show, then I might be a little bit worried. But since it's only going to be two seasons, I think they're going to finish the story as they plan to tell it. Yeah. I, also, we're, we're talking about a comparison between this and all the other Star Wars shows, I'd be interested, and it might be out here, I need to just look for it. I'd be interested to see Andor compared to just other shows and other non-fandom shows. Like, how does it compare to For All Mankind? That's a show that we love to death, and I've never once seen it trend on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's hard to find people to talk about it with. And it, it's been renewed for its fourth season. It's wonderful. I don't think it has nearly the ratings as like The Mandalorian. Same so, for shows like What We Do in the Shadows. Like I feel like that has a very specific fan base. It's a big fan base, but not everybody knows what that show is. But it's so good, and it's going to keep going. Yeah. So I, basically all that to say... I'm not worried. <laughs> I would be if it were a different situation and they were like, this is supposed to be five seasons and Disney might be like, I don't know if we're going to pay for five seasons, but two, I, I think we're fine. Yeah. Also, Eric Bruno makes a very good point that me <laughs> buying all the B2 merchandise might just keep this show in business. That That's everyone go buy your B2s. I have two just back there. Do your part and buy a B2. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to Joel Davis's uh, second super chat. Thank you, Joel. Hot take. Yalaren was always fascist. It just in, it just instead of stamping out... It just... Instead of stamping out separatists who fought the Republic... Oh, okay. Instead of stamping out separatists who fought the Republic, now he's fighting rebels fighting the empire. Yeah. I don't think it was a super difficult transition for him. Like the mm -hmm. only thing I think he might've questioned is, Oh, the Jedi are traitors. Like, are you sure I worked with two of them for three years and they seemed pretty cool, <laughs> but he probably thinks I, I think he bought it. He's like, yeah, they were cool, but they were messy and they were always, hijinks that I was not a fan of. And he probably is a f like Tarkin is more of a fan of order. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he, he'd be like those Jedi nearly got me killed so many times. <laughs> yeah. So 
You know, we, we never spent that much time with Yularen for as much as he became kind of like a little behind the scenes fan favorite character. Uh, but yeah, we don't know that much about him. I so. think he, he, I think his character got some special treatment because he was the narrator of everything in the Clone Wars. People like have a soft spot for Yularen, even though like, what did he really do? That was that great. I mean, I remember being excited when Yularen was just in the Clone Wars and being like, oh my God, it's that guy. Yeah, it's a so. it's a great like cameo and it's a great connection to A New Hope to like bring that character back and show him. But yeah, super uh. fun. And then again, in Star Wars Rebels, he's always a good time, except he's not. He's fascist, but still fun to see him. <laughs> <laughs> he's my good time boy. <laughs> my good time boy. Uh, Krasis has the next super chat. Thank you. Uh, the real Nemos is Cleveland's uh, Lancashire. So how about Star Wars Celebration by the Beach? Oh, is that nearby? Oh, that's fun. Oh, so, so this that, is that, like... That location is somewhere in... I don't know exactly where Lancashire is, or if I'm saying that right, but if it's close to... Uh, Star Wars Celebration, we could make a little road trip. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to know where this is exactly, but that's cool. We'll look it up. I want to look it up. That's neat. We're doing we're doing a, a world tour of beaches for work purposes, so <laughs> highly likely that we'll visit it. Ranking the beaches of Star Wars. Oh, we had to go to the Maldives to see Scarif. <laughs> had to. Had to. Uh, Garth McMurray, thanks for the next super chat. I love seeing places I, I've been to, like the Cove Cafe at Cleveland Beach on the field coast of God, <laughs> Lan <laughs> Lancashire, England, and the Scottish Highlands, etc. I am sorry that I said all those wrong, probably. You gosh dang American. Can't Oops. read British. I mean, I just has to have to hear it once and then I'll know. I said Lancashire like three times. I, but I, you don't know that you're right. I don't. That's true. <laughs> I don't blindly just follow what you say. <laughs> it is cool, though. Like, watching that scene, I was like, that's a real place. I know that it is. Um but I just never think to look up where they are. So it's cool that people like just know where it is mm -hmm. and that we can go visit them, but they still look unique and star Warsy in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland's is cold. <laughs> Sweet Jeepus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did, it did look like a beach that isn't necessary. I mean, Cassian did say it's hot and that's why he was sweating, but to me, the vibe that I got from this beach was that it was more of a cold weather beach. <laughs> I don't know. Because it was in <laughs> real life. Uh, Garth has another super chat. Thank you, Garth. With the hatred between Dedra and Blevin, if this was a sitcom or rom-com, they would totally wind up hooking up, hoping for more B2 emote this season. <laughs> I, oh, honestly, I mean, you're right. I, I bet people are already shipping them. Can we please Enemies to get... lovers, here we come. <laughs> Can we please get a sitcom slash rom-com Star Wars thing? Because, like, that is what we're missing. We're getting more adult 
themes of Star Wars, but we're and we're seeing hookups, but we need this like rom-com aspect to it. Uh, I guess their couple name would be Bledra. Bledra. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting we're slowly but surely getting progress in Star Wars as far as like relationships, whether or not they're straight or otherwise. And I would love to see that better explored in the style <laughs> of a sitcom and or rom-com. When, when are we going to get the Peli major domo rom-com? When's that going to happen? <laughs> Please. I mean, um, can you imagine the ratings for something like that? <laughs> It would have to be higher than. It would have to be higher. One hundred and sixty times all the way across, whatever that means. I mean, it would at least do better than Andor and probably Book of Boba Fett. I don't know. That's just my my guess. Uh, Bones McCoy, thank you for the next super chat. Uh, Y'all's guess for the first Rebels cameo, I guess, in this series. Now that we're uh, seven episodes in. I don't um, think we're going to get one this season. Unless you count. I mean, Mon Mothma, is, she's in Star Wars Rebels. So is Bail Organa. So is Emperor Palpatine. Um, but I, I think that if we get one, it won't be until season two. And it would probably just be something like Chopper. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's that. an easy one to have come through. Uh, yeah, I, I've tried to think about this before, and I, I really need to brush up on Rebels because it's been so long since we watched it. Um, it has been. But, yeah, I don't think this season will get any. And I don't know, uh, what was the, Governor Price is the one that keeps popping into my head, but I don't think that timeline makes sense yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't think Cassian's going to do anything in the in her sector, but I don't hate that. Like, that could just, work. She's she's a recognizable name. She could kind of go anywhere as far as live action in ISB stuff is concerned. I don't think we'll see Thrawn in this. He's way too busy, probably. But Price is one that probably gets pushed around to do a bunch of random jobs. Yeah. Also, it's just Kate, Kate Blanchett, but her Indiana Jones in the kingdom of the crystal skull look. So just bring her, uh, get Kate, yeah. Kate into star Wars. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Joel Davis has another two super chats. Thank you, Joel. I know Andor is getting another season. I meant could Lucasfilm green light? Oh, green light another show that is more mature and adult. Gotcha. Okay. No, that that makes sense. Like looking at Andor's ratings, because no, I think you're not off base there. I think yes, because of the same thing as what I said before. I because reviewers are loving the show. I think we're very likely to get another show like it. Or, and or, no ifs and or buts, and or to get Tony Gilroy on another project because 
people are singing his praises left and right. I wouldn't be surprised if he said, uh, I'm good after this. Like, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that wants to do lots of different kinds of stuff. And I'm, I'm thrilled that he dove into star Wars. Like he has. Um, but I, I do see what Joel is saying that, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy straight up said that Andor is a bit of an experiment that it's targeted at an older audience and we'll see how it goes. I am hesitant to confidently say that, Oh, we'll, we'll see more series like this. If Mm -hmm. the viewership is that bad, like again, it's compared to star Wars shows. I don't know what it's like compared to anything else (laughs) Uh, compared to, I don't know. The, what's the Mighty Ducks show, Game Changers? I'm sure they have wildly different budgets. <laughs> but, well, like, Game Change, the, the Mighty Ducks series probably has way fewer viewers than Andor does. I would like to see Disney Plus viewership as a whole. Like, since Mandalorian Season 1 came out, how has the viewership on all the Disney Plus shows mm-hmm. fared this entire this time? Like they may all be going down. Just all of viewership might be going down because everybody's watching Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and like these other giant shows are happening right now. So this one might have suffered from like a a bad release time because those other big, big shows are happening right now. But well, yeah, there are a ton of factors that go into that. Also, I saw, uh, I think it was realgood.com, which like, I don't know what in a parrot analytics, I don't know how all of these people are measuring any of this, but I saw another list. (laughs) I saw another list that said, uh, the, the week of its release and or had the, the highest streams compared to like rings of power and house of the dragon, which I found surprising. And like, I don't know that I believe that to be honest, but like, I don't know how any of this is measured and it's all such a, a new thing that I don't know. Like I am a little worried that Lucasfilm has been kind of knee jerk reaction E to stuff in the past. Like, Oh, solo underperformed. Well, we're done with, uh, the anthology style films. And I don't know that that was the right call, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen because of this. One other Probably thing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. One other thing before we move on is I would also like to know how many new subscribers Andor is bringing to Disney plus because it is such a different kind of show for star Wars. It's more adult. Maybe it's bringing in, a a different audience, a wider audience, and it's just not getting the same view count as the other shows, but bringing new people in. I think that's just as valuable. Oh yeah. It, that's 100% correct is that I'm, I think the number one metric Disney would be looking at is new and retained subscribers. Um, I think that's all that they care about. Oh, and I want to point out that, from just our experience on the channel, I wasn't expecting Andor to 
get the same number of views as any of the other series for a lot of the factors we already talked about. But something that it ha I haven't seen happen yet is that for seven, well, no, four weeks and it was five, how, <laughs> however many weeks it's been going because we got three episodes at the start. Oh, yeah. But every week, the the episode that comes out gets more views than the week before. So it, it has been a consistent uh, rise in views for us, which has never happened on previous series. So it does seem like the people who jump into Andor stay invested in it. Whereas like Obi-Wan being the most recent example was like huge for the premiere then it went down and then it was big when Vader came in and then it went down and like it, it was just all over the place. So I, I don't know. It's just, I think interesting. it's, it's a test to how well written the show is. And like I said about reviewers giving it very high marks, I think people are hearing about the show, maybe didn't catch it when it first came out. Maybe they'll see an even bigger uptick after, you know, rings of power is over. We're about to get the the last episode of House of the Dragon. Maybe you'll see an even bigger uptick of views once those other shows are over and people can focus more on this one. I, it, it's just like it's it's a tough time to be a TV fan. Like it's hard to keep up with everything you want to. Like we have struggled to to keep up with all of the shows that we want to watch and all of the movies that have been coming out. There's just oh, too much. It. And like you said, uh, how can we really know what a graph like that means? Mm -hmm. We would have to understand viewership across the board and how that fluctuates to really know like what that means. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I trust Parrot Analytics. Like, it, they seem to be like the leader in that industry. So I don't think they're making anything up i just don't know <laughs> it's all such a new arena in in these streaming wars that who knows what it what any of it means mm -hmm. hmm. all right we gotta move on <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about yeah uh, uh joel has uh one more here go ahead i think this is the the right one um yeah. i think both Mothma and Luthen know that violence must be used against the Empire. I think it's just a level of violence that they disagree on. I don't think Mothma is a is a a fan of any violence at this point. She probably realizes that with any rebellion comes a little bit of violence, probably, but she's gonna do everything she can to to make that <laughs> as as low as possible. I, I think it was more the callousness that Luthen just kind of shrugged off. She's like, you know how many people are going to suffer because of this? And he's like, well, they just have to. And I think that's what doesn't sit well with Mon Mothma. I think anyone's suffering is going to affect her. And that's the difference. Like I, she knows that sacrifice has to be made to fight the empire but it, she's never going to like it. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Yeah. 
Grant GA has another super chat. Thank you, Grant. You heard it here first. Cassian will kill Luthen. Hmm. I mean, maybe. I mean, he killed Skeen pretty quick. So if Luthen tries anything, any funny business. I think Cassian's going to have quite the body count before season two ends. I mean, he he talked about all the terrible things he had to do. So it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that that would surprise me, but I, at this point, who knows? I I don't necessarily want it to happen. I kind of I want Stellan to be in season two. Uh, I want to see a little bit more of him, but yeah, the, we're we're gonna see Cassian do worse and worse things. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave McHugh, thanks for the next super chat. Chances that Vel is Luthen's daughter. We've gone back and forth about this one. Do you still think that there's a chance that this is true? Yeah, I, I think they definitely have a relationship of something, something prior when they were talking in episode four, they know each other. And he talked about like, Oh, you wanted a chance to lead. This is your chance. And she seems eager to please him. So I don't know. Family kind of jumped into my mind. I'm not a hundred percent sold on it, but I don't know. I'll go 70%. I'll go that high. I just because we've already talked about Tony Gilroy not being a fan of connecting everything, I don't think they're related because I think they don't have to be. They don't have to be. But I think it would be a, an interesting twist on Luthen, like sending his daughter, his family out into these dangerous arenas. Like, yeah. again, it just questioning the kind of person he is. I just like to support. Uh, single childless adults in the world trying to get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine if she weren't related to him. That It still works. That's just the vibe I'm getting right now. Sure. Uh, I'm going to bring up Ken's super chat. Thanks, Ken, if you're still here. <laughs> Will Andor's prison be in the world between worlds? Alex, this is your uh, category here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we already got the tease with the Mortis tablets. Uh, world Between Worlds is happening in Andor. He's not going to know what's happening. He's just going to fall into this place and be like, what does this mean? Then he's going to see his death in the future and he'll be able to stop it somehow. And that's how we're going to get Rogue 2, where Cassian, the return of Cassian, he's still alive. I don't know. Do you want me to keep going? It's <laughs> World Between Worlds BS. It it's not a Star Wars Explained After Show if it doesn't come up at least once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this one. Thank you, this, Ken. Yes, thank you, Ken. This next one from Adam, I want you to read because I. this is not something that I noticed. Well, I haven't trained. Okay. Uh, thank you, Adam, for the super chat. Did you read the Arabesh at the end of the episode when Cassian is charged? It says he's charged with being suspect of being Force-sensitive. So no, I have not read his whole little card yet. Um, hold on, I think I can pull it up. I kind of like the idea that they tack that on to everyone's sentence. Uh huh. 
<laughs> Some someone gave a stormtrooper a little bit of lip, and they were like, "I don't know, might be a Jedi." It's it's the idea that if you're against the Empire in any way, you're probably akin to the Jedi. Huh? Yeah, it does. So right under so the left side it says crime and then the big black line and then it says suspected force sensitivity and then assaulting an imperial officer (laughs) (laughs) that's how i read arabesh right now gotta sound it out you got (laughs) that's funny i don't know if that I don't know if that's going to play into anything in the future. It, like you said, it might just be something they tack on there, like some bullshit charge. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it could just be. Maybe they saw his record and they were like, oh, this guy's been around and he's still causing trouble. He must be force sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Just because we were talking about it. Uh, thank you, Ken. Need more World Between Worlds enthusiasm for me? You got to hit me up at like two hours ago. Gotta, <laughs> my energy We're, level is... I've been up for an entire day at this point. I'm trying, though. We're way past our dinner time. This is the point <laughs> of the show where we get feisty. We get, we get loopy. Uh, Fernando Bush, thanks so much for the next super chat. What do you think will happen to Andor's sister when he finds her? Killed by a single stormtrooper? Love the channel. I, I'm i going to guess she's not dead. I, I do think there's something at the end of this search. I think she's dead, and here's why. Or she will die in this series, because when we see Cassian in Rogue One... He's on his own. He has no prospects. He's fine to die for the cause because he, at that time, I assume he doesn't have a sister to, to worry about. I agree with that. I just I just want him to get some answers of some kind. Yeah. I still feel like Marva knows more about what happened to the rest of the kids there, but... If he does find his sister, I don't think she will make it out of this show. What if what if he never finds her, but then she learns about her brother and and realizes that Cassie and Andor like help save the galaxy or something that that she she gets some closure even if he doesn't. Yes, that that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she goes on to be on Yavin 4 and like help continue to help the rebellion after his sacrifice. I don't know. Hugo <laughs> uh, Ease has the next two super chats. Thank you, Hugo. Cyril chasing his white whale and or through the next five years up until the end of the second season. Should it finish at the end of season one or is there another length in mind? Uh, specifically Cyril's chase. I think that's going to continue into the second season. Yeah. I think the end of the first season will show us him kind of rising through the ranks, getting 
his promotions. He's going to keep his head down, do his work. Maybe we'll see him team up with Dedra by the end of season one. But yeah, I, I think the hunt will continue. For the hunt. Uh, and, <laughs> and Hugo Ease's second super chat. Thank you. And I hope last week's anniversary was awesome sauce. Uh, thank you. Here's to another decade and beyond. Thank you. Uh, we had we had a good weekend. Last Wednesday was our uh, anniversary. We didn't do much last Wednesday because we were doing this. But <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had a very nice weekend. Mm -hmm. But thank we you. We celebrated. <laughs> uh, Riv Wilson has the next one. I've been thinking of this question and don't know where to where else to ask it. Is there any extended material like books, canon or not, that feels like Andor? That is a good Alex question. <laughs> uh, Rebel Rising is great and is going to tie into Saw's story whenever he finally shows up. Um, but Alphabet Squadron is probably, it's not related to Andor, like it's not connected to his story, but it feels like Andor. So, mm -hmm. uh, Alexander Freed wrote all three of those books. They're amazing. Check them out. I, I really, really, Alphabet Squadron and Victory's Price are two of my favorite Star Wars books. Shadow Falls, the second one. I didn't like it as much, but it's still good and they're, necessary for the trilogy. I feel like they're written for a noticeably more adult audience. Like you have adult books in the adult Star Wars genre but feel a little bit more lighthearted and whatnot. But those are written like more heavy sci-fi. Yes. I, I fully agree. And he also wrote the, the rogue one novelization. So, which is very uh, that's, good. That's a good read too. Yeah. Uh, Darth Nicholas has two super chats here. Thank you, Nicholas. Do you think we'll revisit and explore more of Cassian's experience with clone troopers on Ferrix in the final arc? Young Cassian. If, yeah. Yes, I do think we're going to see more about that. If, Especially if, like you said, we get more parallel prison storylines from the next couple episodes. Yeah. I, and I think, I think we're going to see that happen in the next three episodes, but it makes sense for it to happen on Ferrix as well, since that's where he experienced the clone troopers. And uh, Nicholas also said, was that the grand inquisitor's temple guard mask in Luthen's shop? Maybe the monk cudgel belonged to him too. It was uh, a temple guard mask. Yeah. I don't think it was specifically the grand inquisitors. I just think it was a temple guard mask. Yeah. I was excited that I spotted that one during our first viewing. <laughs> uh, but since uh, he was a Powan, maybe the monk cudgel was also the Grand Inquisitor's. Could be. Mm, I, like <laughs> I think that was more just a symbol of uh, Utapau being taken over by the Empire at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Lord Hosk, thanks for the super chat. Are we keeping you from something? Do you have plans? I mean, yeah, we need to eat dinner. That's all. I just want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> we we usually plan for two-ish hours for these streams, so going a little over, but, you know, we don't mind. We're doing okay. 
We're just getting yeah, delirious. That's all. Yeah. We're, we're closing in. <laughs> uh, Rod Films, thank you for the next super chat. Will Kim Wexler defend Andor through the world between worlds? Uh, we got to find a way. Got to find a way to get, uh, yeah, better call Saul into Star Wars. <laughs> but I, I think Kim, Kim would do it pro bono. I think she would uh, be able to get Cassian's charges dropped back down to six months. I think she could she, do that. She'd do it with a smile. <laughs> oh, I miss that show now. It was very good. We we like just finished it a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of touched on this one earlier. Uh, thanks, Darth Watts, for this super chat. Do you think Palpatine will return later in the Andor season? I give uh, it a 50% could, chance. We could see him in season two. But I don't know. I, I'll i say 30% chance. So, so 40. This household says 40% chance on average of a Palpatine appearance. Sure. <laughs> uh, Lee Bolin has the next one. Thank you, Lee. Imagine his sister with an Imperial that he had to kill. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Oh, like she was married to one or with like rom romantically with one? Is that what that means? I mean, it, like if that just happened, like, I don't know, that, that seems too convenient. Like it wouldn't be that impactful. I feel like he needs to continue searching for her if if they're going to meet up. But I don't know. I don't know what I, I very uh, much think they have a plan for this storyline. Just have no mm -hmm. idea what it is right now. And I'll, because this one is so similar, I'll go ahead and bring uh, this one up from Fernando Bush. What if Andor's sister became an Imperial and he would have to kill her? That was one idea that I brought up an hour or two ago <laughs> uh, that I think would be interesting. I don't know. I mean, I think that would be terrible. <laughs> but like, that's, I think it in, would be. In a good way, in a good way. Good, good writing, good storytelling, just to like show how devastating it can be on both sides for children who grew up in a place like Canary and what happened there and how we see them split into completely opposite directions. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would just be rough. But but it goes along with, you know, he's had to do terrible things in the name of the rebellion. He needs it all to count. I I, I won't say that there's no way that can happen. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for the very generous super chat, Fernando. And our, our like last one little, here. I like his little Lego uh, image. <laughs> our last one here is from Ice. Thank you, Ice. My favorite episode. Loved everything with Mon and Luthan and Ferrix too. Also very refreshing Refreshing to hear Mon getting called by her first name on screen. I agree. It's weird to call her Mon, and I avoid doing it in videos. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Mrs. Mothma? I just tend to call her Mothma or Mon Mothma. Oh, it feels weird to just say Mon. Is Perrin's surname Mothma? They died right at the end. Mine, mine are going they on almost too. Almost made it. 
Yeah, I now I'm wondering if the name the last name Mothma was his name or if that if that was Perrin's name, then she pulled pulls it off way better than he does. Huh? <laughs> I was saying, what if was Mothma Perrin's surname? Uh, I don't think so. Because he has a different last name, and I don't remember what it is. Okay. And it looks like we got one more, one more super chat from Darth Nicholas. Thank you, Darth Nicholas. Would you like to see Bail Organa make an appearance in Andor? I have a feeling we probably won't see him until season two. I'll be shocked if he is not in this series at all. <laughs> yeah, I think season two is a good uh, spot for him. Because I want to see him and Mon Mothma planning stuff together, but that it's still too early for that. I think. I, I still want to believe that they're you know doing something together, but maybe not. the The way they've been talking with her and Luthan, it seems like they could be. Like I, I think Bail Organa is obviously doing his own thing at least, uh, and maybe he just hasn't figured out that. Mon Mothma is doing something as well. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good guess. <laughs> but I think he'll be in it. And with that, we are going to wrap up this stream. Uh, two and a half hours. This is this has been our longest one for Andor so far. So thank you all for uh, hanging out with us. And uh, make sure you go check out Sawyerism down in the description. We have links to all of her stuff, her TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. She's super nice, super fun. And thank you to her for popping on our show for the first hour. She but does. We're going to go. The, huh? the coolest like Star Wars science related stuff. Like if you're a, into science or biology, you should definitely check her stuff out on TikTok. Yeah. But we are going to go cook and eat some dinner. So thank you all. And thank you, Darth Watts. There's a lot in this episode of Andor. There sure was. And if that you is... want to hear about it, replay this live stream. <laughs> <laughs> Start it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Darth Watts. Yes. Everyone have a great night. And may the Force be with you. Bye.